and welcome along to Your Life Choices, Mind Your Own Retirement. This podcast is with me, John Deeks, and the lovely Kay Funnick, the founder and originator of Your Life Choices. Hello, Kay. Hello, John. Now, we should be talking about that because we've, we've, <laughs> we've got special masks on, oh, and yes. it's very, very strange times around the country. It is, John, and I think for people listening, a half of them are out and about, mm. hopefully in the sun, having fun, socialising, and then there's a large slab of Victorians who are locked up at home. We're obviously doing this out of Melbourne. Well, not obviously, but we are doing this out of Melbourne. My son lives in Queensland, and I said, are you wearing a mask? He said, no, Dad, I'm wearing shorts. Oh. Thanks for that. I'm glad he's not my son. I saw <laughs> the most wonderful photo the other day. It was a photo of uh, a young man called David and a young woman called Kay. And it was from, I don't know if it was from the 1940s. <laughs> I don't know when it was, but my gosh, it was you guys back in the day. When was that photo it, taken? It was on our honeymoon in Yorkshire in 1984. I've got to tell you. Haven't you, changed a you, bit. <laughs> you look still, thank God for the Pons Institute, because you look sensational. If only your husband David had gone there. But you look absolutely gorgeous. That was a funny thing. But most people on social media have come in and said, you're rocking it with the Lady Die hairstyle. <laughs> you were, as always, uh, you know, you were there before anybody else. You Hilarious. were there before anybody I think, else. I think Lady Die was ahead of me, John. Oh, no, Let's no, be no. honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. But you did look fantastic. And I love the old, I love the photos of people when they were uh, – I know that uh, in the Herald Sun and other newspapers they do show photos of newlyweds. Yes. And here they are, you know, yeah. 60 years married. I know, I know. And here you yeah. are, you know, 60 years married. It's well, fantastic. Look Looking at that photo, I thought we looked too young to be allowed out together. Too young to be married. Yeah, all of that. I hope everyone's staying as well as they possibly can. We're going to try and cheer people up and give them information. Who have we got on the show today? Today we have Gary Stone. He founded Share Wealth mm -hmm. and he's going to talk to us about investment tortoises. Oh, and what about, uh, what about a bit of travel? A bit of travel will be Queensland Dreaming oh, with Shelley Winkles, but also in health, we're talking to Dr. Andrew Rochford from the Australian Digital Health Agency about continuing regular checks during the pandemic. Very important. All that mm. and so much more with Kay Fallick and me, John Deeks, here on Mind Your Own Retirement. You're very welcome. time to talk investment and we love helping uh, our beautiful friends who listen to Mind Your Own Retirement to increase their wealth. We're going to do that now with Share Wealth. Gary Stone is the person we have on the line. 30 years researching and investing in the stock market. He's the founder of Share Wealth System. That was back in 1995. And uh, what he does is he designs trend-following investment systems for self-directed investors to manage their own portfolios in the stock market. There is a big sentence. But what does it really mean? Let's get the man on the line right now. Gary Stone, happy birthday from K&I. Thank you very much, Kay. Thank you very much, Scott. Did you get the flowers? 
No, not getting much at the moment. Uh, did have the big telephone call with my kids all spread out all over the world on Sunday, though. Yeah. Oh, well, that's special. So the cake didn't arrive either. It'll be from me if you do get one, okay? <laughs> Thank you. So what we're doing, Gary, is we're talking about how to maximise your returns in the stock market. And the first question is you talk about investment tortoises, which sounds like a bad thing. But what is it, and is it good or bad? Well, it is good uh, because people uh, see the stock market as being highly volatile, up and down, you know, everything's quick and fast and a place to make a quick buck, whereas it's actually a paradox. It's the exact opposite. You know, the, the way to, uh, to be successful in the market is to, is to use a systematic approach and to be slow and steady about it, to, to have, a, have a big picture perspective, to, to have a, you know, the tortoise as a symbol of longevity, plays the long game, it has a plan, it sticks to it. And a tortoise also has built-in protection, you know, the shell of the built-in protection at times of danger. In the market at times of danger is, uh, is when we have severe falls like we had just had, you know, back in, in March. And, 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 and you need to have a systematic approach that has a built-in protection that is a way of call to action, if you like, that's, that's systematic and processed down that you can actually get out of times like that. You can protect yourself. Also, a tortoise is a, is a symbol of patience and, and has endurance. But ultimately, the tortoise wins the race. And I think that's the key thing by being slow and steady. So what does a tortoise's approach to share market trading look like? Well, without, you know, having a systematic approach is a, is a different way of going about it. And it's not a new way. It's been around for you know, probably 40 years since the, since the early 80s. And you know, since basically computers came around, and a systematic approach is about developing a set of rules, and this is what I do, design systems, a systematic approach, researching historical data, how the stock market moves, how it ebbs and flows, and then recognizing patterns of how prices move, and then building steadfast and fixed rules to actually execute in the market. So, so what you do is by following the rules, is you're not following you know, knee-jerk reaction to noise and news and, and geopolitical events or stock market events. You actually are letting the rules play out and you're following those rules. Gary, I've heard one of the dumbest things that you can do is look at the stock market and your shares every day. Don't do that. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, if, if you're only really doing it from a vigilance perspective to see if any of your patterns have been hit, if, if any if any signal, if you like, has come to you that is really predefined. So you're not going to look there to find out what should I do today and knee-jerk react to a situation, you're going to see if your specific rules are still in place and whether you should buy or sell or hold accordingly. And typically, you're looking to go and, and you'll see that today I should just hold and that might take you literally you know, 10 seconds to, to work that out. Just so we can fully explain to our listeners practically how this works, let's say I sign up to share wealth systems and I own my own shares in a self-managed super fund, how are the rules applied to my holding? Because I'm not quite understanding that. Okay, so how does it work? So it works by effectively we look at a, at a, a fixed universe of stocks. So you're looking at about 30 or 40 stocks, which are the large cap, well-known household name stocks on the Australian market or the US market in the same way as well. What we're looking for is trendability. So stocks that are, are able to trend up or down, we don't mind if they trend down because if they trend down, we won't be in it. But we're looking for, for potential to trend up and hold strong trends. So the stocks like CSL, PHP, 
the banks are on there. One that somebody might, people might not know, ALS or, or ALS Limited, which is ALQ, and a few others, Seek and others are also in there that people would be, would be aware of. So the, the idea is that you'd look at this fixed universe every day, and you don't need to look at it every day because you have an app that can alert you to it. So you'll get a notification to say, hey, this one is on the radar, or this one is time to sell. And you then manage your portfolio accordingly. So you build up a portfolio of anywhere between sort of five and 15 stocks. And there'd be days and weeks go by where you don't touch it once your money is in the market. So once you've actually got signals to actually buy these, the particular stocks, you'll be in them. And weeks will go by, potentially even months. We had a, a situation last, uh, last year where for 10 weeks we did not do anything. We just let the stocks run. And then you'll get sell signals. And the sell signals will typically come after the stock prices start to fall a little bit. And as we had in, in March this year, we, we got 100% into cash by early March just because the system's rule called for us to sell out of the market. Now, we didn't know it was going to crash to 37% at that stage. It had only gone down about 9 or 10% when all that happened. But then we were in cash when the market plummeted. And then in, in April, we started getting signals to get back into the market again. And they were just the rules playing out based on the movement of the prices of the stock. So, Gary, the, the short answer is you're sending updates, whether it's via app or email, that is signal to people to action or not action. But can you tell us what your performance has been like in terms of the Australian Stock Exchange? Yeah, Gary, how good are you? The good that I did was in the research. The research is now in the system, and, and all that I do is surrender to the system. So I'm only as good as, as my system is, and I trade a real money portfolio that, that we put out for all our customers to follow. So it's a publicly transparent portfolio, and we've been doing that on this particular portfolio from the 1st of January 2016. And uh, as of today, that portfolio over the four and a half years has achieved uh, nearly 18% compounded return per annum. Wow. Uh, and that, that means that over that period of time, you would have more than doubled your money in four and a half years. And do, and do you know the thing, thing I like about this, Kay, is that uh, our members are at a time where they don't want to gamble. They don't no. want to gamble. This is not a time where they are looking for short-term gain. They're looking for long-term gain, and uh, they don't want to gamble with what they've got left. Well, I think it's a confusing time, and Gary, you might it is. Um, it is. might like to to respond to this, that there are people who are holding tight, and yes, we know that the market went down and then it's clawed its way back up, but at a time of such uncertainty, is holding tight such a bad idea? Well, it, it depends on your on your horizon for investing. Um, you know, so, so most of our customers are uh, of the range of between 50 and 80 years old, but the sweet spot would probably be in, in low to mid-60s. Most of our clients have self-managed super funds who are retired. Their biggest risk to them is a risk which has actually got a name. It's called sequence of returns risk. And what that basically says is that the later in life that a large crash happens in the stock market and it stays down, from mm. the time you're at a V-bottom and it jumped up, the bigger the risk it is to, to you as a, as a just about to retiree or a retiree. So sequence of whereas if that happens to somebody in their 20s or 30s, they've got decades to go for the market to recover and for their, for their long-term investments to, to come back. But for people in you know, my demographic, my birthday today, I've just reached the big six-o, it's, it's a big market decline. Thank you. It's a big market decline. 
where it stays down like it did in, in you know the, in the early 2000s and, and even in 2008 where it stayed down for quite a long time. Now, if you're just about to retire, that happens to you. That's a huge risk. So our clients over the 25 years of being in business keep telling us that the biggest value we provide to them is knowing when to sell so they can go into cash and to not only put up with the financial downturn, but the mental strain and angst that goes along with sitting with your money, having you know, have, sitting on these big losses which you're holding. Sure, they, they might come back, but you don't know. And you don't know which ones are going to come back. Some can stay low, like the banks. They stayed low for four or five years now. And they might might be another four or five years before they start trending again. You want your money to be in stocks that are trending. Gary, how can people find out more? They can just go to sharewealthsystems.com. Sharewealthsystems.com. Because obviously there's a lot to, to take in. Um, but if people go to sharewealthsystems.com, they will find out more. And there's a case study that they can actually download uh, as a PDF. And what I just told you about that portfolio, they can have a look at that and they can see all the actual positions that we've taken. They can see the stockbroker report. So it's a real money live case study that they can they can examine. Yeah, and, 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 love, they, and we love a good case study. And also they can print it off because we know a lot yep. of our members love to get it in, in hard copy and have a look. So, Thank you so much for your time, Gary. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Hi, I'm Gary Stone of Share Wealth Systems. When it comes to the stock market, slow and steady is a winning strategy. That's why our motto is, be the tortoise, win the race. But investing during such uncertain and volatile times can lead to impulsive decisions that lose money. Our investment system takes emotion out of your portfolio with objective buy and sell signals. See how you too can double your returns at sharewealthsystems.com. That's sharewealthsystems.com. Outperforming the market isn't out of reach. And on uh, Your Life Choices, Mind Your Own Retirement podcast, we have on the line, Kay? Dr. Andrew Rochford, and Andrew's from the Australian Digital Health Agency. So, Andrew, what is the Australian Digital Health Agency? Uh, So, the Australian Digital Health Agency uh, is part of the federal government's push to be able to start implementing a seamless connection between the digital world and our digital medical records and telehealth and all those other great digital initiatives and the real world or, or the, the fixed world of, of medicine and, and healthcare and, and trying to create a system where they all flow together and we, we create efficiencies using digital technology. A lot of people are saying that the current COVID pandemic has fast-forwarded most of us by about 10 years in terms of how we do things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, could we ever have imagined how many times we'd be doing you know, Zoom calls or using Skype just to connect with family and friends? True. Well, we're seeing the same occur in the medical world. And especially during periods where people are you know, under forced lockdown or, or isolations and needing to maintain that connection with their healthcare provider, what we've seen is we've seen a significant increase in the number of people using telehealth and connecting with especially their general practitioners, but also their specialist doctors to be able to continue to look after their own health while also protecting themselves by not necessarily wanting to go and wait in in GP clinics or in hospitals, obviously because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it has fast-forwarded everything in the medical world when it comes to people using digital health, which is exciting. 
It's exciting, but is it correct that um, there's been a bit of drop-off in people having regular medical checks? Well, that's the flip side. I guess that whole idea of not putting your health on hold is that we need to be careful that we don't avoid doctors, we don't avoid hospitals and, and those very important appointments because we're too concerned with COVID-19. And we have seen that drop off. I work in an emergency department in Sydney. Uh, so very fortunate not to be in Melbourne at the moment, but in Sydney. And, and during that early stage, we saw a significant amount of people not showing up. So it was, it was quiet. And the problem with that is that when things started to get back to normal, what we started to see was a lot of people showing up with being conditions, whether they're chronic conditions or whether they were acute problems, that they'd left on hold. And so when they finally got to us, they were, they were a lot sicker. So I guess the key is we're not necessarily encouraging people to put themselves at risk by, by going out or, or breaking any of the restrictions that are in place. But what we are saying is that you need to make sure that you continue to look after your health. How can, I, how can our members interact with what uh, the, the new technology? There's a, there's a few different ways to do it. One of the ways just to inform yourself is to go to the Australian Digital Health Agency website. And there's some really great resources there to talk you through the different aspects of how you can use digital technology to stay on top of your health. It is a lot of the time just as simple as actually calling your general practitioner or your GP and talking to them about what systems they have in place now that might be different to before. A lot of the time is it's about booking an appointment and then they will tell you how they want to connect at that certain time and then you'll end up doing a virtual consultation over a secure platform or even over the phone and doing a teleconsultation to be able to maintain that ongoing management of your healthcare. We're even seeing specialists doing appointments via digital access. So a lot of the time it is just talking to your general practitioner, going online, going to the digital health agency to, to get those resources, and also looking at other things like electronic prescriptions, the use of the My Health record. There's lots of resources out there that people could start to make a part of their regular healthcare. So the the answer I'm hearing here, Andrew, is that it's not some kind of ridiculous new technology where people think, oh my God, I've got to learn something here. The starting point is to ring your GP or your doctor and let them tell you how they're managing telehealth. Absolutely. And I think it makes no sense for us to start to try to implement a lot of scary new technology that a lot of people you know, may not fully understand. That just doesn't work. So so the technology could be as simple as just setting up the time to have a phone conversation. That falls under the, the Medicare scheme when it comes to a teleconsultation that can be bulk billed, but it's about talking to your doctor or your GP about that. It's the same when it comes to mental health services. And we're starting to see a huge need for people to, to not forget about their mental health and to reach out and to look for online services to connect with professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists, and really start to try to use those services to, again, engage in looking after their mental health just as much as looking after their physical health. So another question, Andrews. Pre-COVID, we were told that the mental health system was under a lot of strain and often it was difficult for people to get mental health professionals. For people using mental telehealth, whether it's phone or computer, uh, is there the backup there for people reaching out? Yeah, well, I think that's the big issue that we are going to continue to see is that it was a it was a system that was already under strain and it's a system now that's under even more strain. So we're starting to see the ability for people to create efficiencies. So 
when any system's under strain, it's about trying to find those efficiencies. So if you can be connecting with a healthcare professional via digital technology, there's a lot of efficiency around that, the use of the professional's time. So they're in one spot. They're not traveling around. They've got the ability to use their services and their skills as efficiently as possible. And for you, being able to connect from the comfort of your home also reduces the impact it has on your life. So as much as we need to see more services, and there's some really great platforms out there, the MyMirror platform, you can go online and Google MyMirror. Um, they provide the access to people via um, a connection. They can connect and get a healthcare plan and then connect with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And I think it's about seeing more of those services creating that link between our mental health experts and all of us because I don't think there's many people right now who couldn't benefit from taking a bit of time to look after their mental health. It's been a strain on all of us. The government has increased the mental health plan. I saw that uh, on the news, uh, the amount of contacts you can have with a mental health professional should uh, that be required. So that's, that's good news as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to see more of that. We need to see you know, in- investment into that mental health space because we are going to need more of it into the future. So is it important also for people who are living with people who have mental health issues for some encouragement to be put forward for them to understand that helps probably easier than they thought it was? Absolutely. When it comes to mental health, it's, it's a it's a near impossible challenge to try to help yourself and manage in that space when you find yourself needing help. And I think it's important for us to ask for help, ask those around us, ask those, those we trust, the, the professionals, the healthcare professionals we know, but also our family and our friends. But the flip side is we, we need to be willing to offer help and encouragement and support and being in a position where it might just take that little extra to help somebody to take the first step online or digitally to connect with a professional that way. Because not only is it daunting to reach out and get the services you require to look after your mental health, it's even more daunting now in a, in a new world where we're trying to navigate the use of different technologies and different access points. But what I can guarantee you is after you've done it once, it becomes something that feels a lot more comfortable, it's a lot easier, the efficiencies around it are something that you, you'll, you'll find yourself thinking, why haven't I used this in the past? And I think that being there to help those that we care about that might be struggling to connect um, via that platform. You know, it can be the difference between really saving somebody and, and not. And that's the reality of mental health. So we need to all look out for each other. So it's the old, are you okay, mate? But um, on a broader health level, uh, Andrew, we, we could summarise by saying health checks remain as important as ever And when our members listen to this, maybe they just want to have a quick think about how long since they've been in touch with a medical professional and do they need to reactivate. Andrew, thank you so much for giving up your time today and we do appreciate it and encourage people to to get online. Uh, The links again, Kay? www.digitalhealth.com.au but entry point your local GP. Dr. Andrew, thank you so much indeed for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for the chat. Time to leave the cold of Victoria where we are right now and Kay and I are heading off to Queensland and Shelley Winkle is our consumer publicity leader for tourism and events in Queensland. Can we come up and see you, Shelley? You certainly can. It's 
also warm up here. You'll be in your T-shirt, though. I'm warning you. You've got to leave your jumper behind. <laughs> now, tell us about the Year of Indigenous Tourism. Yeah, so this is a, a program that our state government's um, pushing right through until the end of next year. So I've been so lucky in the last few weeks. I've gone out, set out, and seen quite a few tours myself. And um, I can tell you they're absolutely incredible. Give us your top three. Let's start with Brisbane. So I think in Brisbane, you can go 20,000 years in 20 minutes. There's this tool called the Nyanda Waterhole, and it's this ancient borer site. And you basically take the last few hours of a, an ancient ritual, and you follow the track with these traditional owners, and you learn a lot about bush medicine as you go along. So that's taking you about 20,000 years. And then if you go another 20 minutes or 30 minutes south of Brisbane, there's this really, really cool tour called Spirits of the Red Sand. Now, this one's a bit confronting. It's a bit gritty. And what it is, it's a reenactment of a time in the 19th century where colonial settlers clashed with Indigenous people. And it's all reenacted by the descendants of those Indigenous people. But it ends, like it's quite gritty, but it ends with hope. It ends with understand our story and let's walk together herein. So it's quite a, a spiritually uplifting and a really cool story. So that was great. And then I was really lucky enough last week to do a tour which took us to the public artworks of Indigenous and the Aboriginal Australians. So that was really cool, just walking around the city. I didn't even know these things existed or I'd, I'd been past some installations so many times and never really thought about it. So it got me to stop, to think and to think about the traditional owners and also to respect the beautiful art that they were creating. So a new view of Brisbane, Shelley. What about Sunshine Coast? Is there anything in that area that uh, talks to the traditional owners? Yes. You might not know this, but I grew up on the Sunshine Coast and love it. And I grew up in a, a place called Caloundra. And all I knew about the Indigenous people was that Caloundra meant beautiful headlands. And I got a chance to go out on a boat with a gentleman called Simon. And we sailed out through the Lullabar Canals. And this is called the Saltwater Eco Tour. And while we were on the boat, there was a, a cubby cubby man who told us the most incredible story of creation of Mount Coulomb. And this guy is a born entertainer. He's hilarious to listen to and he peppers this creation story that's been handed down for thousands of years to him. But he puts in all these like modern references to like, oh, this woman, she was so beautiful. She was as beautiful as Katy Perry. And <laughs> <laughs> so, Shelley, the storytelling is the ongoing thread here, isn't it? Definitely. And it's really interesting when you do these tours, often the outcome or the intent is, is quietly woven through in the storytelling. So you might just think it's a creation story, but it's actually a learning or a more on how to behave, how to be nice to people. But it's told through um, pointing out like a mountain or a river, but it's actually teaching people how to behave through these stories. And that's what was handed down. And understanding is education. Understanding is acceptance. Understanding is breaking down the fear. And going on these tours, I guarantee no one would leave them uh, the same as they were at that start. 
Yeah, there's this, this incredible tour up in Cooktown, and I've been lucky enough to go there twice with this elder. And I have taken some pretty hard-nosed journalists with me on that tour, and I've seen two people cry. The way it makes you think, the way this elder explains the world in a gentle way of coming together and of acceptance, and I've seen two people cry on them. That you, you leave there with so much respect so much understanding and just wanting to, you know, bridge the gap. So, Shelley, is there somewhere on the Queensland Tourism website where people can uh, look at different types of Indigenous tourism? Have you got a year of Indigenous tourism landing page? There isn't one at the moment, but when you go onto queensland.com, just in the search button at the top right side, if you type in Aboriginal tours, a heap will pop up um, and go from there. Yeah, And And it's been extended, hasn't it, as you said, Kay, because of uh, COVID? It's it's next year. So what we'll do is we will link to the tours that Shelley's described Mm -hmm. and then to uh, queensland.com so people can do their own search. But definitely an important understanding for people who want more than a superficial uh, tourist experience. Shelley Winkle uh, is uh, a good friend of this program, a consumer publicity leader for tourism and events for Queensland. Shelley, we thank you for your time. Stay well and we shall talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Certainly thanks to uh, Gary Stone talking about sharing of wealth and do go to uh, sharewealthsystems.com or look on, of course, our page. Your Life Choices is the place to go, of course, and we encourage people to go to that. And uh, as you heard, Shelley Winkle talking about some fantastic uh, tours coming up in sunny Queensland. And, I, Kay, I've got to say there'll be more and more people visiting more and more of Australia in the next 24 months. I think it's already happened, John, with the states, the people who can move around. I think Northern Territory's taken off with a leap and a bound. And Queensland intra-tourism has been really robust. So it's a great thing, I think, also to get off the coast, which most of us do, Mm. and and get off the banana lounge um, and start walking and talking, meeting people and finding true history. I was talking to a friend of mine last night who is in Port Lincoln and uh, he's actually a lawyer in there and uh, uh, it just sounds the most fantastic place. I'd love to go there. Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Oh, my gosh. Falak, you haven't lost it, I tell you. Oh, dearie me. Well, folks, I hope you all stay well and stay as happy as you can be and know that we are here to help and looking forward to seeing any of your comments on our comments page, Kay. Yes, we love feedback. So we also like people who want to know more. So if you've got some Q&A for Gary Stone or Shelley or indeed Dr Andrew Roachford, then we'd love you to come back in with your questions. Absolutely. On behalf of Kay Fallock, the founder of Your Life Choices, and me, John Deeks, the founder of Absolutely Nothing, uh, it's lovely to have had your company, and we'll see you next time for Mind Your Own Retirement.